So I recorded this amazing podcast with the co-director of Regeneration Canada just before the summer holidays. And I had every intention of editing it and getting it uploaded online. And then the kids came out of school and everything went haywire. I realized that there is zero time, peace and quiet to record podcasts when the kids are at home during the summer holidays. So this has been in my um, to-do list since the end of June and this is now the beginning of September and I have just edited it. So enjoy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate it. So um, the reason that I started these is um, we are a beef ranch. We're a beef ranch in British Columbia, Canada. Oh, you're, you're, you're obviously in Canada. <laughs> um, and we practice regenerative agriculture methods. And um, we have hosted a clinic here at our ranch in 2019 with Nicole Masters. I'm sure you're familiar with her. Yep. Um, so we hosted a clinic here. It, we had a huge attendance. There was, it was three days. There was like an intro on one day and then the next two levels, the next two days. And I think we had over the course of the three days, over 60 people, um, hey. really good. So that's kind of where we are. Like we definitely, we're not organic. We haven't gone for any kind of organic certification, but we do stress that we are sustainable ranching and we follow regenerative agriculture. And so many people ask, well, what's that? <laughs> and what's the difference? And um, we wanted to kind of put out there that you need everything. You need livestock and you need a variety of plants and you need diversification to get the best out of your soil. <laughs> Well, thank you for reaching out, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's a very big question, and like lots of it's like one of the most common questions that we receive is always about livestock and and certification. Like this is the, the two main topics that we try to yeah kind of demystify and and uh, and really present a clear and as as um, as fair as it could be, um, you know, I, you know, we try to present and an the bigger picture. We try to present the very opposite views and just try to pick people' curiosity and you know, critical sense and and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, um, yeah. I I read your points and I'm 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 really happy with uh, with them. Did you did you have a chance to listen to any of the other ones? I looked at this uh, this morning, so I kind of like looked at the team, the themes that uh, have been uh, discussed already, and I'm really liking it. Perfect. So, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, I'll, so yeah, so because I only just stumbled on you in my searching, could you tell me a little bit about Regeneration Canada? Of course. So Regeneration Canada is a national-wide non-for-profit whose mission is really to raise awareness and kind of catalyze a systemic change toward the regenerative land stewardship in, in Canada with the aim of mitigating climate climate change, um, uh, but also, you know, in the interest of, of, um, of, of having like a maximum impact um, within the critical time frame suggested by climate scientists, we, we feel that it's, it's essential to engage with um, as many stakeholders as possible 
Um, so this is the approach that we choose to, to take. So really to influence land steward whose decision cumulatively create a landscape uh, level impact. So we do this by first building a network of diverse stakeholders. So farmers and ranchers, researcher, um, government agencies, agri-food business and industries, and of course, engaged citizen. Um, and then after building this network, we work on raising awareness about regenerative agriculture and its potential you know, for food security and for climate change mitigation. And we uh, really work a lot on educating, uh, so education, educating and, and you know, bringing and conveying the science and the technical knowledge to all our, our stakeholders. Um, we started in 20, 2017 after the first Living Soil uh, uh, Symposium. And here we are, we're a member-based organization. We have uh, members pretty, pretty much from each um, and every ter territory and in the province in, in the country. Mm. Oh, sorry. sorry. I, I, that, that, that was it about Origination Canada. I think I can go forever about what we... Um, what we do, but um, I, I'm, I'm sure it's gonna come back in our conversation later. So do you travel and do clinics or are all the clinics in Quebec? Oh, of course not. We, we've been, we've been in, in different provinces, uh, but also, you know, especially after the, uh, the pandemic, lots of our activities, events, workshops um, are, being are being held on, online. Uh, but of course, we, we believe that that should be coupled with, you know, on the ground workshops. Um, so once all the, the, um, the public health restrictions are, are away, um, we're, uh, we're thinking about our next season and uh, where we're going to go and where we're going to have workshops. And uh, so, yeah, we've, um, we've been physically in, in Quebec, Ontario, uh, B.C., um Saskatchewan and virtually pretty much everywhere um in in the country um so yeah let's hope that for 2022 uh we will be able to actually travel or better than that having you know people from um from different region that work for us or collaborate with us um to to organize uh clinics or workshops or field days or even um, training on the ground. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, we would love to. I mean, we've hosted them here before. So 2022, I'm sure you could always come to the boundary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would be nice. happy to see you, right? When we moved here, when we moved to this ranch, it hadn't been a working ranch for 60 or so years. It had, uh, no one had really lived here. Uh, the people who built this house, it was just a holiday home. And it's literally, it was just a house in a field. <laughs> Um, and they, a local farmer had hayed it just to keep the hay, um, but there was nothing was ever done to any of the fields. It was pretty dire. Like a lot of the leaves have the the scoring, the scoring for I say a lot. I think all all the fields are boron deficient. They all have those stri striations on all on all the leaves. Um, it was patchy. It was yellow. There wasn't like that nice deep green. It just hadn't been worked at all. And we haven't, we reseeded a couple of fields with alfalfa just because we needed some, something else. But the fields that are looking the best are just the fields that we've done nothing to and we just put the cows on. 
we just uh, section them off for for bale grazing for for winter pastures and they've all come back lusher and better and so far that's really the only thing we've done to those fields and you know this is the the uh, definition of of regeneration right it's really to to change like the state um of of the land of the soil and and yeah it is a journey and um you know you're you're, you're a, li a living example of how how could uh, livestock really change the landscape and regenerate the the uh the ecosystem mm, yeah i mean they're great they we started we came here with 17 cows <laughs> that was three years ago and we now have i don't know around 300 um yeah. cows and calves but yeah we're probably around 300 and they range in the summer and we rotate them through our pastures um, and then we, we choose a different field that's kind of looking looking like it needs some help. And our first stage is to is to winter the cows on there. So they bale graze on there. We they increase all their organic matter. And that's our first step is bale grazing and putting the cows on. And then we go through the molasses and the worm castings and the cumate after. But it's yeah, it's definitely working. Maybe not as fast as if you brought in a truckload of nitrogen but it's better for oils yeah yeah we know that it takes <laughs> yeah. <more> time. <laughs> so if you were so i know a lot of people ask us you know what is regenerative agriculture so if you could in a nutshell give your simplest explanation of what regenerative agriculture is what would it be of course um but I'm not. I'm not gonna go simple. I'm <laughs> because because I think it's important that we understand that regeneration is a journey and not a destination. Um, so we can define it as a journey and stop here. Um, but we can dive a little bit deeper. You know, the term regenerative, as I said earlier, refers to a process. You know, the process of improving one's state. With regenerative agriculture, the journey improves the state of the soil, the ecosystem overall, uh, but also the climate and the, and the human health. So regenerative agriculture is based on principles of land management, which reverse current trends of degradation in soil, water, and air quality by enhancing the soil ecosystem and restoring its, uh, its biology. So as a concept, Regenerative agriculture comes from the ancestral and really long held the principles practiced by indigenous communities around the world, but also backed up by the by modern science. Um, principles, principles of regenerative agriculture really aim to draw atmospheric carbon into soil and um, and the um, the above ground biomass and that helping to reverse climate change. Um, but at the same time, it, it, it really increases climate resilience um, in the face of drought, floods, and extreme weather event as, as the one that we're really living right now all over the country in terms of the, the extreme heat uh, waves. Um, yeah, so rebuilding soil organic matter reduces dependency on chemical and pesticide and creates more nutrient-dense food and, and generates greater economic viability for farmers. So. I know it's it's not a simple and two senses definition. It it the movement, you know, although the practices and the principle have been here for a long time, 
um, the movement is quite, you know, new. Um, I don't think when we started in 2017, there weren't really much um, happening there and there was not, not so many people talking about regenerative agriculture. So I think it's okay not to have a um, one definition fits all. And I think actually it could be dangerous to coin it in, in, in a set of uh, principles or, or practices, because as, as you know, it really depends on the geoclimatic uh, uh, conditions. It depends on the soil type, the resources available for you as a farmer or, or a rancher. Um, um, but maybe maybe a very important um, part of it is is really should be about improving animal welfare, providing fairness for farmers and ranchers and workers, and really growing like resilient regional ecosystem and communities. So. It's a big definition because it's a big umbrella for, for lots of the movements and lots of, um, of the, 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 the techniques and, and principles that have been practiced everywhere. And we are in the journey of maybe having a definition for Canada or for some regions of, uh, of Canada. And, and while the principles are the same everywhere in the world, the practices should be tailored and should be very specific to, you know, to the farm, to, to, to the county and, and to, the, to the regions. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, that would be my simplest um, definition for a genetic agriculture. Do you, have you seen an increase or a steady increase since 2017 of members and of people moving towards the regenerative movement? Yeah, I think um, absolutely. Um, when we started in 2017, and of course we can't, we're not the 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 first people talking about regenerative agriculture, but we're the first you know organization in Canada having this as its its uh, its main uh, its main mission, and we have witnessed lots of um, really in, in in increasing numbers of well, first engaged citizen that knows of the term and asking us about it. Um, lots of pioneer farmers who are out there uh, sharing their knowledge and know-how uh, with other, other farmers and lots of um, other land stewards who, who really wants to make the transition because they've seen it happen. They, they've seen some uh, um, environmental and economical uh, and economic gain from agri uh, regenerative agriculture. Um, so, it, absolutely, it's uh, it's been really um, it, it it's been it's been increasing very very fast. The the use of the of the word, the the practices, the the the, the acreage um, that you know where regenerative agriculture um, is is practiced. So it's a very it's a very positive and and even beyond the farm we can see all the um you know big corporation and big enterprises um are being interested in that uh some of them are already engaged in um regenerative agriculture transition um programs and some of them are providing some financial support and some of them are trying to learn uh because this is where we're we heading and you know we really believe that you know regenerative agriculture is the most promising natural climate solution uh, for climate change. And while doing so, we also have the 
the, the, the very heavy task of feeding uh, the population. So um, regenerative agriculture has this um, particularity of responding to lots of, lots of crises that we live in our era um, at the same time. Mm. Do, yeah. you, do you think that um, regenerative agriculture and sustainable ranching should go hand in hand or does go hand in hand with supporting local? Because the local, the support local movement, even if they're not regenerative focused, they are on the same spectrum for sustainable ranching because if you buy local, you're supporting local and you're reducing your carbon footprint that way. So the next step would almost naturally be to then move into some sort of regenerative agriculture. And I think you use the perfect term of it. It's a spectrum and, and, and maybe it's synonym for what I was trying to say earlier about it being a journey. Mm. Um, so everybody has something to improve. We know that we will never reach 100% regeneration. Um, so it's really a matter of looking at what, what are the resources that are available for me? How much of risk can I take? Um, and how can I start? So it could be starting by converting, you know, a couple of acres or just dividing the range on two and start the very first step in rotational grazing and being ready to learn more and to evaluate every year and maybe, you know, take more risk while assuring a good livelihood for, for farmers and, and, and ranchers and everybody in the ecosystem. So sustainable ranching, even, even in itself, I'm sure there is a huge spectrum of what people are able to do. And, you know, um, so it, it's, it's, in, it's, in, it's in the spectrum of regenerative agriculture, but we really wanna insist on this being, yes, there is the agriculture or cropping system part of it, which is, you know, um, uh, improving soil health, uh, restoring biodiversity, restoring water cycles. But if we don't tackle the socioeconomic issue of, of this, then we're still restricting ourselves to a bunch of practices that are good on the farm, uh, but then not really having the impact that we, we wanted to have on the overall food system. So we believe that regenerative land stewardship or regenerative agriculture um, should be really uh, looking also at beyond the farm gate for it to be the actual or an actual solution to the you know, food insecurity problem or crisis and also the climate change uh, um, uh, problem that we're having right now. And you have to, I think, I think a stumbling block that a lot of people hit is learning a little bit and running with it and then not progressing like not taking the next level and thinking well what else can I learn or what else is there like I think I think it it's it's a curse of being an an adult is we lose that open-mindedness we lose the ability to to admit to ourselves that we don't know everything and you're there's always room to learn and I think a lot of people they learn what they want to learn and they don't want to learn any more than that. And that's almost one of the main stumbling blocks I find. Like I find that we, we are so thirsty for knowledge. We want to learn so much. 
like probably more than we can in our lifetime but not everyone is like that they learn a wee bit and that's enough for them and they just keep on with that over and over again and they don't grow as a farmer like they don't grow within themselves yeah and and this is why it's important to meet people where they at like we need to understand and the needs of farmers and ranchers in, in every aspect of their operation, you know, in terms of human resource, machineries, uh, funding, and even the culture um, itself. So um, starting very small is, is, is I would I say, would say. The, the most important um, uh-huh. step, but looking at regenerative agriculture as a journey maybe implies in itself the fact that there's always going to be a room for improvement because it's it's a very easy it's a it's a it's a closed loop so the the more we're producing the more we're using resources the more we need to replace or regenerate these resources so people need to think of this as as it is um so the more we take from our ecosystem the more we need to to give back and so the more we need to learn and especially in a climate change era, we don't know how our soil and, and, and our ecosystem will react to, um, uh, to climate change. Maybe we're good in modeling this for the, the next couple of years. And even, even here, like we've been, we're, we're surprised every day to see that actually we've underestimated the, the, the consequences of, of climate change. So the learning bit is really, really, really important. And that goes for the farmer, the rancher, but also for the engaged citizen in changing their, their, their habits, their diet and all of that, but also put a responsibility in, in corporation uh, that have this kind of really you know, good initiative uh, not to stop there. So to have like uh, some sort of impact assessment tool with which they're they're able to to continue doing this work and uh, um, and, and and not you know not keep it just in their kind of uh, sustainability department um, so to speak um, so yeah it's it's very important that's why we we really put lots of effort and resources in you know educating ourselves at the very beginning our community and then um, our diverse stakeholders group in our community. I had such a great chat with Antonius and so much amazing information that there was just no way I could cut an hour long conversation down to just 20 or 30 minutes. So I have split this podcast or this interview into two parts. So this is the end of part one and I will upload part two shortly.